Hello, and welcome back to And All The Things. I'm very excited today to share our guest with you. His name is Ryan McKinney. He is a coach. He is a believer. He is a giver. He is, indeed, all the things. Ryan Kinney is committed to helping success-hungry professionals flourish at home and at work. He draws from a deep well of experience to illustrate key leadership and performance concepts, making it easy for audiences to absorb. He also believes experiential learning is best, but learning experiences can be borrowed from others. And this episode is going to walk us through a lot of his experiences, how he got to where he is, and how he helps other people go beyond where they are today. He's got 20 years of leadership experience in financial services, sales and leadership, lean manufacturing, and operations planning. He has done so much that he brings so much to the table today. He also brings a devout sense of faith, a devout sense of curiosity, and a desire to keep imagination alive. So please enjoy this conversation today between me and my new friend, Ryan, as we talk through what it means to live your own dream, how he helps first responders grow beyond the struggles that they so deeply face today. He talks about how he helps people move into their own understanding using four basic disciplines, and he's going to share them with you right now. So please enjoy the show, and as always, make it a great day. Hello, hello, Ryan McKinney and all the things. Thank you so much for joining us here today. It is always my pleasure to invite people onto this show who are having different conversations than me, but using some of the same language. And I think that what our guests are going to hear today is two coaches who have really interesting and kind of parallel stories in a lot of ways, sharing a lot of gems of authenticity. Um, so without further ado, I'm going to let you introduce us a little bit more than your professional bio might say. Sure, sure. I'll, I'll hit the I'll do the flyby on the professional bio just because I need to, right? Just so get get the juices flowing a little bit. So I'm a my name is Ryan McKinney. I'm a life leadership and performance coach, and I help people to move to the next level. And I do that by helping them with their confidence, by overcoming their inner critic, uh, you know, disbanding some of those limiting beliefs they've got, but also about accomplishing some of their big external goals that they've got. And that might mean a new career. It might mean a new business. It might mean patching up a relationship in their family. So those that's my spiel and I'm going to stick to it. <laughs> I love a good spiel. I love yeah. a good spiel. And I really appreciate when, when we talk about human beings, we, mm -hmm. we drive people toward their professional goals, towards their business aspirations. But I find we can't do that if they're not moving forward in their personal lives and in who mm -hmm. they are and really the conversations that they're having with the most important people in their life. Do you find that? Yeah. I mean, it's almost like, um, <clears throat> it's like this internal quicksand that they're, they're kind of stepping in and trying to run. And the faster that they try to run, the more, the more they try to do, in other words, mm -hmm. the more they feel stuck and just kind of gets stuck in that. And without going inside, like the heart and the head part of you, that, that, internal part of you that connects without doing some some work there the rest of it you might have some short-term success 
But you know, a lot of times what I'll find is when people don't do that inner work, let me say it like that. When they don't do that inner work, they will pogo back and forth. It is, you know, yo-yo back and forth, whether it's weight loss, whether it's career, whether it's happiness, whether it's um, relationships, they will do a lot of things, but if they haven't changed the who they are, those things always come back. Yeah. I always think of it like you can run from yourself, but you won't get far. And as you're running, right, it's you're collecting the happiness and the suffering and you're you're waving in the wind with both of them. And there's no sense of stability and, and control. Mm-hmm. And, and I say that from personal experience, because by all accounts, I made it to that place of being successful, having everything in the right place, right? Check boxes checked, but I was sad, right? I was yeah. so sad and I was working with business coaches and I was trying to push forward in that way. But without me stopping and saying, but Michaela, are you happy? Like, are you in this? Are you enjoying this? And truly, I could have changed nothing about the conditions and only changed the way I looked within. And it would have been a different story, right? Um, How do you help people do that, right? Because I know I have my own experience getting to and through this, but how do you help people keep that big eye on the prize goal forward, but also Mm -hmm. slow down and look within? <clears throat> if that's a, if that's an adequate adequate way to summarize it. Yeah, yeah, it's um you know I run into that a lot. There's the there's the I've had quite a few people that come to me and they say, you know, I, I really struggle with setting goals. Mm-hmm. And what they really mean is they struggle with setting goals that they stick to. Um yeah. and there's I think part of that because is because they haven't really changed the identity of who they are or actually really just acknowledged the identity of who they are. Right. It might be multiple identities that they're trying to fill a role for and, and they're not owning their true authentic one. Right. Yeah, exactly. And they're, you know, they've created, you know, (laughs) there was this guy one time when I was in corporate and he, you know, walked by, this was his greeting every time. I love him to death. He's a good friend to this day. Uh, But this was, I said, Hey, how are things going? And he's like, you know, living the dream. And he freaked out one day because I said, is it your dream? And just mm-hmm. kind of kept walking. And he's like, he came back to me a couple hours later. He's like, man, what you said kind of shook me a little bit. Like I'm probably living somebody else's dream. And that's a, that's a big challenge people have is they set these goals to accomplish what some other story that someone was living in. Maybe it was a parent, maybe it was a teacher, maybe it was a, you know, uh, an athletics coach when they were younger, maybe it was a professor in college. Maybe it was a boss they had early in their career that kind of plants this seed that this is where you're going, but they never checked it. They never said, is that what I'm meant to do? So, you know, kind of come back around to the, the question, how do I do that? Uh, one, sometimes it's kicking and screaming. Like sometimes the people are like, no, 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 we need to work on the goal. Like it's the right. thing like I'm trying to do. And I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah, we're going to do that. And it's almost like, uh, uh, it's almost like a Mr. Miyagi moment. It's like, no, we're going to go back and work on on this first, and then you'll be ready to to do the big tournament kind of thing. It, um, it is it is a little Miyagi ish, isn't it? Right, yeah. trying to to find the right balance between. Um, I I feel this is in my role. It's not my job to tell people what to do. That's the mm-hmm. opposite of my job. My job to your scenario where you said to that gentleman, "But is it your dream?" You could have said, dude, you're out of alignment, right? Like you need to go work in a zoo or whatever his passion was, is. Um, But it's to ask the questions to to get that inner motivation going, right? So is that something that you learned 
um, only through the devotion to become a coach? Or do you have your own story of feeling like you're living someone else's dream? Uh, the answer is yes to both of those. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And yes, uh, I had a feeling. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so for me, you know, being, I was in leadership in corporate America for 20 years and the first mm -hmm. 15 of that, uh, you know, I had a lot of really good mentors and folks around me and learn. I mean, I'm an avid learner. I love to pick up new things from, from other leaders and people that kind of get you thinking about how you can, you know, be better. So I had done that. And there was a lot of like hodgepodge ways that I would support other people and be their mentor. Right. And then when I hit my brick walls, glass ceilings, and essentially, you know, felt like I couldn't move any higher in the organization, uh, you know, I got a coach and in a very short amount of time, they methodically facilitated a process of transformation by being that outside person and essentially yeah. looking in and asking the right questions, activating the right things within me so that I could change myself. And the fact that it was this, it, it wasn't a somebody telling you kind of engagement. It was more about a, a discovery of what it, what it truly meant to be there. It didn't feel forced. It felt right. guided like that. I mean, essentially that's what we do, right? We're, we're the Obi-Wan Kenobis of uh, personal transformation. So we're, I really like that. I might have to uh, you know, <laughs> do some AI graphics and put our faces on an Obi-Wan for the graphic of this podcast. <laughs> but that, that was the, that was the moment for me where I was like, no, I want to learn that methodical approach to help people transform. Like no more is it about, you know, the 10 things that got Ryan to where he is. It's right. more about the 10 things that, you know, people need to think about when they are wanting to transform and want to change. And how are you thinking about that and, and guiding them through that process? That's that for me was the yes and yes part of it. Yeah. I had my own challenge that allowed me to discover that's what I wanted to do. But then when I, when I went headlong into it and got certified as a coach, I was like, oh, well, no wonder, right. This is how it works. This is it. Yeah. This is it. And, you know, so often we think that we have to be able to solve our own problems, right? Mm -hmm. Like we've been given these big, beautiful brains and they should be able to discern and filter our experiences to lead us in the right direction. Mm -hmm. But what gets in the way of that then, right? Because we do have these brains and these voices and these spirits inside, but yet there are so many people struggling to find their way, right? Mm -hmm. What is, how do you define the noise? that interferes with that divine voice inside that says, I, this is my dream. I'm going to live this dream wholeheartedly, not someone else's dream. Hmm. You know, I do. Um, there's a lot of, you know, you said something in there about the people, people always kind of want to do things on their own. And it made me, you know, immediately this image of kind of silly image of me um, tiling my bathroom in our first house. Like okay. I'd watched enough kind of a know, momentous feat. Yeah. I, you know, I had watched enough HGTV, you know, um, a friend of mine had a tile saw, like only needed a couple of tools and it was going to be, you know, thousands awesome. of dollars cheaper. So why not? Right. Mm -hmm. And I remember like, I will never forget the look on my wife's face in like week three of the bathroom not being finished. <laughs> um, 
and that, I mean, that was one of the moments where I learned that some things are not DIY. Like mm-hmm. some of them are, you're going to need somebody else that's mm-hmm. done this before. So that, you know, made me think of that, right? It's like, how do you, it's how do a you, great example. Yeah. It, it's a I mean, great it's, example. Cause it's a struggle. And you ask anybody that's done a DIY project, they probably won't do the second one like that. Like, I mean, unless they have to, right. Um, but we do that all the, time all the time with our personal development, professional development, our transformation and to whom we are, whom we're to become. Right. And the other part is, is that we've got this old version of us living inside of us that wants us, you know, don't disrupt the apple cart. Like don't flip things over. It's, it, things are going just fine the way they are. You're not dead. Are you like, right. like, who do you think you are to do this? Like that inner critic is so powerful. And that inner critic will tell you that DIY is the way to go. Like you can ease into this. You can do this easy, right? Well, especially when Instagram, everyone in the world is telling us, oh, DIY is so easy. You can do it. You can do anything and, you know, forget this, forget that. But the reality is it's a cost benefit analysis, right? Like, of course you can do the tiling. Of course you can. Is it worth it? You know, is it interesting to you? Is that something you want to pursue? Is that on your bucket list? Great. But then what are you willing to risk? Right? Mm-hmm. Are you willing to risk risk three weeks or, or more and then yeah. potentially having to redo it? Because we have to explore that, right? I always ask people when I start working, what have you tried before? And mm-hmm. kind of to circle back to the conversation earlier, I have seen people have tried all the food changes, all the yoga changes, all the job changes, moving locations, they've tried this, whatever, all the things, right? Mm -hmm. And yet they haven't touched the inside thing. They haven't said, is this real for me? Am I, am I fighting the right fight? And I don't Mm -hmm. mean that we should fight ourselves, right? But am I, am I putting my effort into the, the right battle? Yeah. And, and so often we don't. And one of the things I'm reflecting on when we talked a few weeks ago was you said, you know, when you don't ask for help, you are robbing people of fulfilling their own legacy, of fulfilling their own generosity and gratitude. Mm-hmm. And you're robbing yourself, number one of the time, because I spend a lot of time trying to figure things out when I forget that I have Mr. Google, that I can just say, what is this? Mm-hmm. Right now I know when anytime I Google and it's important, I have to verify and <laughs> make sure it's right. But um <clears throat> But tell me what, tell me more about that, right? When we don't ask for help, we're denying the people in our space, in our tribe, in our homes of an opportunity, which is denying ourselves of an opportunity. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah. In fact, um, I was having a conversation with my dad and this was not long ago. Um, I'm just, uh, for those of you who are listening and not watching, I'm 48 years old and, um, there's a fair amount of dude pride in me. Like I've, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm human. Like I'm going to be rely on self a lot. And I've had to overcome that a lot and um, humble myself and ask for help in a lot of places and, and put the DIY stuff away. So i say all that to kind of preamble what I'm about to say. Uh, I don't ask my dad for a lot of advice as much anymore. And there was something that I was uh, wrestling with and struggling with. And finally, I just said, you know what? I think it was after you and I talked. Um, I said, you know what? Am I robbing him of being a great dad by not asking for his help? 
Mm-hmm. And when I called him up and said, Hey, you know, this is something I'm wrestling with. What do you, what do you think about that? And, he's, and whether he had the answer or not, and he did, by the way, mm-hmm. whether he had the answer or not, the medicine for both of our souls that it was for me, his son, grown man, 48 years old, to ask him advice on something and then him be able to offer some. We both, I mean, we didn't solve the world's problems, but we both got medicine for the soul that day. Yes. And you felt we, something. You felt better. You felt different. You felt connected. You felt lighter. He probably felt buoyed, right? By being able yeah. to serve. I mean, we are called to serve. Doesn't matter yeah. what, you know, yeah. what your background is, what your thoughts on on faith and religion are, but we are called to serve. That is our that's what we're here to do, right? To right. be in communion with one another and to and, and in community. Yeah. You know, so I look at that and and I'm bad at it too, right? I preach, <laughs> ask for help. I preach, ask for help, but I still have to stop. You saw me stutter before I even said it right? because I'm working <laughs> on it. Um, it's so out of our norm. And to me, this is the noise, right? This is the noise that says, protect yourself, show no vulnerabilities, mm-hmm. push forward because you are magic and you can do this alone. You can do anything. Therefore you must do it yourself. Mm-hmm. And there's not a billboard or anything that says that that wasn't part of my quote education, but it's inherent. Like I Mm -hmm. hear it. Right. And, and then you couple that with the noise of today where you're not enough, unless you have X, Y, Z, you're not enough, unless you do this, you show that you pretend all the things. Mm -hmm. So I look at this and, and that's what puts the importance on me trying to practice and asking for help and saying, this is not okay. Right. What have you found um, most, so you work mostly with men, right? A lot, or potentially with a lot more men than I do as a woman coach. I do work with men. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you find it's harder to get past the noise or what is your experience getting past the noise with men versus women? Is it the same noise? Is it different noise? Um, It's the same amount of noise. It's different noise. I think it's different noise. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, there's, there is, um, the inner critic is armed with, uh, a lot of go solo when you're talking with men, like it's, um, that's, that's a lot of what they've got is there's a lot of this kind of, I need to prove it not only to myself, but to the world kind of thing that I can do the man. Yeah. There's there's some of the one, the man. Okay. Yeah. And and, I and I think that there's, you know, first of all, to all the men listening, um, there's nothing wrong with that. Like no. you're, you're normal, right? There's in my personal belief, I believe that men are deeply hardwired in some way to feel as though they need to provide and protect and, and make sure that people are, are cared for. Yep. And to your point, that's powerful and beautiful. And that Absolutely. is a beautiful Absolutely. way to serve. And on the other side of that spectrum, where you've got the the beautiful mystery of the the being known as woman, right? That this there is this vulnerability and this nurturing that men are not we're not equipped with, you know, from from birth. Women seem to be equipped with this mysterious ability yeah. to nurture. Yeah, and it's just. Nothing is celebrate both pieces, right? It's just this both sides of that spectrum, uh, very beautiful characteristics that are in the majority of men and the majority of women. 
And I think often we kind of get that mixed up and say, this person should have this, this person should have that. I mean, well, it's great. If, just because it, we're typically this way, just because we, yes, yeah. we are seemingly this way. There is a shift in a balance, right? And and yeah. we can have different levels. I know a lot of women who aren't overly nurturing, um, but I also know a lot of men who are. So I, I don't play in the world of binaries in that way, yeah. where like you're only one thing and you're right. only this. But I think kind of where we're going is being able to see the value in the way both genders are inherently acting, right? Yeah, yeah. inherently And it's acting. okay to adopt a more sensitive and it's okay to adopt a more protective um, kind of nurturing, if you will. So, sure. yeah, but well, I, I agree. There's there, there, there are these stereotypes and, and gender norms, if you will, for a reason. Um, right. Absolutely. And I think that, well, where I was going with that is like some of those, some of those norms that exist, right. It's not that they should be dismantled or mm-hmm. shuffled off to one side or the other. That's not what I'm getting at. What I'm saying is, is that, um, those are powerful, those inherent pieces, they're powerful. And that powerful piece can be a double-edged sword. So if I am only leaning into the provider and protector as a man, and I have no nurturing bone in my body, I'm robbing my kids of a nurturing father. I'm robbing myself of the ability to nurture and put my arm around my daughter or my son when they're struggling with something and say, Hey, come here, let me talk to you for a second. Right. Um, So the the fact is is that we may have those inherent characteristics um but that also kind of says hey let's let's not just ebb to one side let's ebb and flow a little bit and dr Brene brown she talks about vulnerability a lot in her books and when i I know i do too Uh, when i do um i've done some men's retreats and when i open up the men's retreats essentially i because i got a bunch of dudes in a room right we're in the woods and it's like okay there's a lot of grunting and that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. but um I tell them what she talked about with vulnerability. And I say, Hey, you know, the grizzly bear is most fierce when it is most vulnerable, when it's up on its hind legs, all of its vital organs are exposed. It is its most fierce. So you need to reestablish your relationship with being fierce, with being vulnerable. The more vulnerable you are, the stronger you will become. And when they can change the relationship in their mind to that, that mindset shift right Right. there, number one, it makes it for a lot more conversational retreat. Uh, but number <laughs> number two, people, their walls come down, right? I don't need to protect. I can open up and share ideas. And it's that kind of ebbing from one side and flowing to the other, kind of, you know, bringing in more of the other. So uh, it, it's a beautiful thing when you can do that. So that's incredible. I mean, I, I love the idea of the men's retreats. And and I'm, I want to be very clear. I'm not harping on men as being anything other than beautiful, powerful, highly capable beings, right? But in the in the norms of our world, when we talk about emotions and mindset and going within, you know, it attracts a, a more female audience, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. So I very much appreciate that um that these conversations and retreats and spaces are also being offered to men because when we put up those walls and don't allow our boundaries or our um, vulnerabilities to to flourish to be seen right to Mm -hmm. your point we're the grizzly bear and we're highly vulnerable but we're also highly stimulated and Mm -hmm. gonna push forward potentially and live someone else's dream right Mm -hmm. to go back to your colleague um so 
this might bridge nicely into another piece that um, I found out from you, Brian and I were introduced through my cousin who is also working as a virtual assistant, which I think is awesome. Um, way to go virtually possible. Yeah. Um, she let me know that you do something pretty incredible that, and you had mentioned that you spend time working with firemen and rescue workers, but she told me a little bit more about the way that you choose to serve that population. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us about that today? Yeah. So um, recognizing that first responders are under an incredible amount of mental stress. And I, first of all, I am not a clinical therapist. I am not licensed as a therapist. So I do not practice therapy when I do what I do mm-hmm. by any means. In fact, I open up my talks with them about that. Um, Which but is really I, important, right? It, it really are, is. We are not here to say we are therapists. That's um, right. That's right. And we can talk about that perhaps in a moment, but. But we do, um, I do stress uh, management training for first responders and ultimately, you know, I, I do something with all of my uh, entrepreneurial clients, and that is to help them find a big picture impact. And that's my big picture impact. I had a, a friend of mine uh, about a year and a half ago now um, that nobody knew he was hurting. No one knew. He smiley face, great guy. Everybody loved him. And he made the choice to take his own life. And that was because of stress that he was under. And because of that, and the field that he was in, and I've got lots of friends that are in that first responder field. um, I just said, you know what, I I think I want to do something there. And I don't know exactly what that looks like. But where I can play is I can come in and say, let's do some stress management training. I can bring about awareness to different ways to handle stress and guide people and direct them that, Hey, if you need therapy, go get it. If you, you know, the stigma is gone, get, get that out of your head, go get somebody to talk to that can walk you through. If it's PTSD that you're dealing with, because a lot, a lot of people don't know that like, you know, we hear PTSD and we think um, veterans, which they do struggle with a lot, Mm -hmm. but when you're a firefighter and you're watching something happen that you can't control, there's a lot of PTSD that people suffer with with that police officers, ER or ED, yep. they call them, they don't call them ERs anymore, ED um, uh, staff. And uh, you what, know, it, what does that mean? ED? What that um, mean? I forget, but it's, I know I, I get reminded of it because my, uh, my sister-in-law is a nurse and she's like, it's not the ER anymore. It's the ED. I'm like, okay, okay. 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 Just, as long as I can get that right. I'm, I'm cool. <laughs> get to um, the right place. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, you know, they, they deal with a lot of undue stress and uh, learning how to manage that, acknowledge it and be aware of it is really where my training comes in. It's like, here's how you can be aware of it. Here's some of the signs you're going to see that kind of sneak up on you. Um, here's the way that you can acknowledge that. And if you're seeing these kinds of things go on, this is the type of help that you need to get. Hey, hey there, amazing listeners of And All The Things. Thank you for being on this journey with me. The fact that you're still here, I have to assume this podcast has sparked your curiosity, encouraging you to think of life beyond your current boundaries. Now it's time to take that energy and channel it into a transformative journey where boundless joy awaits. Introducing The Course for Joy, brought to you by Joy Enterprises and me, Michaela, your joy coach. Life gets busy. I get it but self-care matters and should not take a back seat. That is why we've crafted a four-week self-guided adventure to seamlessly fit into your routine. 
In just 15 minutes, a few times each week, our enlightening video lessons and engaging workbooks will guide you through self-discovery and bring you closer to growth. As a special bonus, when you enroll in the Course for Joy, you'll receive an exclusive 50-minute live coaching session. We'll celebrate your progress and create a roadmap for your journey ahead. Are you ready to paint your life with vibrant joy and purpose? Visit myjoycoach.com backslash course to learn more about the transformative Course for Joy. Let's amplify your joy and ignite your purpose together. Stay tuned for more inspiration and insights right here on And All The Things. What are some of the takeaways or maybe if there's like one particular activity um, that you do with this group? What I'm thinking is how do we how do we share with our audience either a thought activity or something to pay attention to with this particular uh, demographic in their lives, right? So, you know, my brother-in-law was a police officer and I have lots of family um, involved in, you know, FDNY and these are my people and I, and I see the struggle and I see the suffering and I work, I had a man work for me who was a fireman and he would end his, you know, shifts and come right in and tell me the story of how so-and-so, you know, their, their house was burned down or a child was injured. And then he would just keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm stuck going, oh my gosh, like I'm traumatized mm-hmm. just from hearing about his experience. So I think, you know, is there a nugget or a gem that our audience can walk away with of something mm-hmm. to think about towards a healthy conversation or a supportive um, presence with, with responders, first responders? Yeah. So I think about, I think about things in a very, in this particular sense, like there's internal and external mm-hmm. symptoms that you will see where stress is kind of okay. grabbing someone. Um, and if people will most often notice the external symptoms first. Okay. The problem is, is that the internal symptoms have been there for a really long time. If the external symptoms are showing up, external Leading symptoms, and lagging indicators, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like a dash. It's like a light on your dash, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you were running out of gas before the light came on. Right. Right. So, um, but the, some of those lights that come on are uh, weight gain, right? Uh, I know it sounds kind of silly, but it's like we all, you know, we've all had our own personal, you know, fitness journeys and all that kind of stuff. And I, I totally get that. But like, if you are stressed, you will notice the weight gain. Um, you will notice it in places where stress weight shows up. This is around for men that's around your you know, belly and around, uh, around your bottom, um, you know, women, it can be around bottom and around legs and that kind of thing. There's a lot of stress weight that shows up there, uh, headaches. Um, th- this is all the physical stuff that's going on. There is a tiredness that doesn't go away when you are consistently frustrated uh, mm-hmm. and stressed out. And it's just exhaustion, like this feeling of, I got to do this again. And what ends up happening is, is over and over people will, they've trained, especially people in the first responder field they will train themselves to emotionally and mentally disconnect. Mm -hmm. Yes. They're training themselves. It's a safety mechanism, right? Because how, how do you keep going if you're, if you're reliving and torturing yourself through what happened yesterday or a year ago? Mm -hmm. Um, And we do that everywhere, right? That human nature, we do that. We protect ourselves. Our brains only purpose is to keep us safe. Yes. I mean, 
well, our ego, at least our only, it's only purpose is to keep us safe, but we still have to live in this world and we still have to live in these bodies. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that when we, when we make that connection and the people in our tribe, a priority, right. And our tribe isn't only our family, it's our community. It's the people that we rely on. It's the people who rely on us. We cannot take life at face value anymore. I don't think I, our face value is, you know, a a culture of curation, right. On Instagram, Mm -hmm. our face value is how are you, Ryan? Good. Michaela. Thanks. Just busy. And that's face value. But to your point, the lagging indicator, right. My face shouldn't show my sadness because that means it's eating me up inside. Um, what have you found, you know, do you, do you agree with that, that we are so, so conditioned to just make everything look perfect, that it's kind of eating us inside? Um, and what is the role, do you think, of social media in that aspect of uh, our life today? Yeah, no, no, no. I think it's, I think it's huge. I think you hit the nail on the head. I think, you know, that again, that's, that goes back to living somebody else's dream. That's one of the the things that will steal your energy and steal your joy. Yeah. Um, I want to hit on something on the internal piece of that, the maybe some things that people can be looking for before um, uh, that the physical things show up like the, if it's, if your environments, let's, let me finish up on the, on the outside, the external pieces. If you are things, if you're not normally a messy person and now you're kind of just letting things go, that's an indicator, right? That's great. If you are, um, if you are letting like your physical fitness go, uh, you're starting to see weight gain happen, uh, or if you are still doing the same old routine and all of a sudden weight starts to show up, that's one headaches, that kind of thing. Um, social distancing, like mm-hmm. not the kind that was going on in COVID, but <laughs> the kind COVID. that like, yeah, the yeah. kind where you are to your points, like, no, I'm good. Everything's fine. Like that. Everything's fine. You, we've all seen the little meme with a little cartoon dog sitting in his kitchen and it's on fire and he's eating, drinking coffee. And it's like, everything's fine. Yep. Like, if that's happening in your world externally, um, it, you know, talk to somebody and somebody Absolutely. close to you, Hey, this is what's going on. But the inside, the internal things to be looking for is if you are feeling purposeless. And by that, I don't mean just like, Oh, I want to know what my purpose is and I can't figure it out. That's, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about from a hopeless standpoint. If you feel like there's why bother? Like, Oh my gosh, this is awful. Why bother? Yeah. Um, why am I even getting up today? That is a disconnectedness from self. That is the, uh, you are you are missing that spiritual connection. And whether that is uh, a religious uh, type of spirituality, or if it's just the spirituality of, of being, feeling connected and with oneness with self, um, if you aren't feeling that, like that is an indicator. If you, if things are cloudy where they used to be clear, um, if you can't remember things uh, that are normally easy to remember, and I don't mean like, you know, your, your phone number when you were in fourth grade. I mean, like if you, things that you should be, be able to remember from last week in a conversation, if that's happening, you're an under, you're under undue stress. Or if you have emotional swings that would rival a roller coaster, um, that is also an indicator. And it, going to talk to somebody, find a therapist, you can find someone that you can work with around those things. Um, that's so important. Uh, but some things that you can do for yourself is one, get active if you're not active. Uh, two, start with rest. Prioritize your rest. Most of the time when I find people that are overworked and overstressed, it's because they are not resting and uh, they are super tired and frustrated. Uh, prioritize your nutrition. 
I'm not here to tell you whether it's keto or whether it's South Beach diet or whether it's, you know, whatever it is. I'm, I'm not a nutritionist and don't really care what you eat, but you know, when you are not eating to fuel your body and you're eating to, for fun, you know, like, you know, yeah, and, well, that's, a, I, I challenge my people with that all the time. Are you feeding for fuel or are you feeding for fun? Yeah. And I'm a fan of both, right? Like I want you to have fun. I do, but it, but it needs to be conscious, right? As long as you're the majority of what you're eating is fueling you, then that leaves mm-hmm. a little room for the fun. Yeah. And that, that goes with all the things, right? That's you can exercise all day and you can take a day off. You exactly. can just make the best decision to yield your individual greatest outcome. That's living the dream, right? Yes. I am choosing my dream. Intent, exactly. Choosing. And you're intentional. If you're intentional about your rest, you're intentional about your nutrition, you're intentional about your fitness. Yeah. I don't care if it's walking or if it's, you know, throwing a tennis ball at the wall in the garage. I don't care. Okay. Whatever you decide intentionality is for fitness. Cool. Go do that. But That's be it. intentional about it. And then the last one is intentional about reflection and growth. Like if I am focused on how I have been operating and how I would like to transform and grow into a better person, those four disciplines that I help people with that help to relieve some stress. Awesome. All right. List the four real quick. One, two, three, uh, four. Intentional rest, mm-hmm. prioritize your rest, prioritize your nutrition, prioritize fitness and prioritize growth, personal growth. Seems this is what's so funny, right? Seems so simple, like mm-hmm. duh, but we don't do it. Mm-hmm. Right. We, we culturally big by and large, we don't do it enough yet. Then we get to say, why is life throwing me all these lemons? I got to keep making lemonade. And why does life keep happening to me? Well, I know that um, when I went on a journey to prioritize rest and, and learn to sleep and create my, create the conditions for me to become, I mean, I've, I can put myself to sleep. I can take a nap and I can wake myself <laughs> up from a nap. Um, I mean, it's pretty magical. But it took a lot of time and it took, you know, I'm listening to you go through this list. It took me wanting to deal with my own fatigue. It took me wanting to deal with my own um, dis-ease, right, to make that a priority. Now, choosing sleep as a priority meant I had to make other choices about what and when I ate, what and when I drank, what and when I exercised, how to fit it all in, how to make all, all of it. But the result is I now have a body that is aware of what equilibrium is and those things that are out of alignment, I can now work on specifically instead of I've gone to my doctor before and been told, Oh, well, we can't fix that. You know, the fatigue or any of that stuff. You just need to take a pill. Mm. No, I don't want the pill. I want to dig in. I want to find the root cause and eliminate any obstacle, any barriers so that I can be my healthiest, happiest self. Yes. It's still a journey, right? But it it really was about prioritizing rest. How do I how do I manage that? And that helped to trickle into all the other things that you mentioned. Yeah. Um, you know, so from my observation, I think you nailed it. I love it. <laughs> cool. Well, and and a lot of that came from, you know, learning about how to support people as a coach. A lot of it came from learning about how to like what worked best, right? Well, when I feel rested, I feel like I can take on the world. Yes. Well, when's the last time you felt rested? Oh, well, that's different. <laughs> exactly. exactly. We know these things. We know it's a vital piece, mm-hmm. but yet we, it's, it's sometimes hard to choose in that moment. Um, 
because it is a choice, right? And it means giving up something that previously you thought worked for you and, and choosing to try something else, which you may not be very good at, probably won't be very good at in the beginning, but that's the growth. Mm -hmm. And I say all the time, um, you have to choose your heart, right? Staying the same. That's hard, right? Staying like treading water is an extraordinary amount of energy output, right? And swimming can also be an extraordinary output. The question is, do you want to stay where you are? Do you want to go somewhere else? Right. And I'm all about the choosing, maybe not every day and every minute, because we have to give ourselves some space to push through each, each challenge, but we have to choose our heart. And when we choose to stay the same, do it knowingly say, I'm, I'm aware that I'm here, but I'm doing one, two, three things over on the other side that will open up space for this aspect of my life to change, yeah. you know, cause we can't just change everything all at once. Right. One of the things that came to mind when you were talking about treading water and swimming, which is such a great analogy, by the way, um, was that one of the other things that I, that I see a lot of people struggle with men and women for that matter of my clients is, and I've struggled with it myself a good bit. Uh, is this lack of alignment. There's this lack of integrity. And I don't mean that like when I say that, it's going to get this brand in people's mind. It's like, oh, lack of integrity means you're doing something wrong. You should be doing something right. It's not what I mean. Nope. Um, uh, it's more of a say-do kind of thing. And what you are saying you want versus what you are doing to get it. And when you think about the treading water and swimming, what I see a lot of times are is that people are trying to do both. Mm-hmm. And they are exhausted. They are yeah. trying to tread water in a general direction. Like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like you're going and, you know, my coach calls it going 99%. She's like, you know, I call that 99%. You are 99% committed to this thing you say you want to do. But if you're even 1% of your foot is back in the old thing, yeah. you are fighting yourself. And when you are able to let go of one of these and go all in, mm-hmm it becomes so much more easy, so much more simple and so much more because you feel this congruency, this alignment and the the say do kind of like locks in on itself and it's really good. So it's, you're, it's totally accurate. Um, and I know that in, in the times of my life where I have felt that want and that go, but also keeping voluntarily my foot locked into the old, um, it is exhausting. How do you release? How do you help people re- like get beyond that to say, I am willing to release this old way of being and move beyond? Um, one of my, I remember this, uh, Lisa Kaplan's a fantastic coach trainer for IPEC, by the way. Um, she's, she's amazing. I uh, hope, I hope one day you get to meet her. She's amazing. She's a, a bubbly, fun, amazing person. I love but she calls good. this showing people themselves. Like that's part of coaching is to kind of just say, Hey, here's what I'm seeing. What do you what do you notice? Yeah. And uh, in the way that I, I, a lot of times I'll frame that as I'll say, Hey, listen, what I'm seeing is, is that you've got one foot in this and you've got one foot in this and it's causing a lot of exhaustion. Mm-hmm. What do you see when you see these two pieces together? And they'll either, you know, agree or disagree or whatever it is. Um, assuming that they say, yeah, I, I could see that. And you know, it, it is a lot of work and I do feel exhausted and I do feel tired and this and that. And then I asked them, you know, what would it be like if thing A that you've got a foot in, um, if you were to take your foot out of that and just go all in on B, what, what's the danger in that? What's the excitement in that? 
and have them walk through it and then do that on both sides and then say, when, you know, this struggle that you're in has meaning like this, having a foot in both of these has meaning. So it's normal to, to struggle with this, but at some point, if you, if you're going to get where you say you want to go, you're going to have to let go of one of them. Does that make sense? And they'll say, Yes or no, like I don't want to let go of it or whatever it is, they'll, they'll fight it. And it's like, okay, so it's fine. Which is such a point. great answer because then we can figure out why. Yeah. Right. And sorry exactly. to jump like, in, well, but I love I? that. I love yeah. when people are honest. You yeah. Know? Like, don't tell me you're ready to take your foot out if you're not. <laughs> right. And and what will it cost you to let go? What are you losing? What are you giving yep. up? And a lot of times what they'll what they do is they do this kind of mental inventory and they've, they've done them. Sorry. They do the mental inventory and they've just kind of stacked it up and said, I'm losing so much. But when they actually go through the list and write it down, they go, well, these are all the things that I said I wanted to step away from. What am I doing? Holding on to them. And now they they've unlocked in their own mind. They've shifted and said, I don't need to have a foot here. Like it's, I get that it's holding me back. And that's one reason I want to move forward but actually there's no reason to stay. Like I'm not having any reason to stay in that camp. So it's, it's a matter of shining a light and bringing their awareness to the fact that there is a lack of alignment and then asking them about, let's explore that. Let's dig into that because that when they can make that move, the transformation that's like, you know, it's where the magic happens. That's what I always call it. But that transformation, when they can go from, this is who I was and what I was doing to this is where I am and what I'm doing now. um, That is when they feel like they've had this massive discovery and transformation. I love that. And it, and it brings us kind of back to, to the beginning where I say a lot, I can't see my nose. I mean, when I looked, I can't see my nose. And it's so obvious to everybody else that I have a nose, right? But when I look down, I can't see my nose. (laughs) And I, and I use that reference to say, what else are we missing? Right. When we are so close and so sure of the thing, but we still can't see our nose. Mm -hmm. Right. So when we look at how important it is to, to ask questions, to have questions asked of us to, to be in a space where we can say, I don't know the answer, but what if I did that to me is why coaching and in its prevalence in the last, you know, 10, 20 years is such a gift to our culture Mm -hmm. to, to say, you know, as opposed to therapy, which is very much going back, unraveling, pulling forward, and then moving beyond. And that's a very simplistic way to put it. But coaches, we look at where are you here and where do you want to go and what are mm-hmm. you willing to do to get there and how can I support you? Yes, we play in that world of therapy-esque, right? Because we listen, we ask solution-focused questions, we are compassionate, but it's also now how do you want to move forward, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I always say that working with a coach and a therapist is a beautiful package, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they help each other. Yeah. But at the end of the day, when we are only in our heads and we are only saying, um, not aware that one foot is still in the old way, we will exhaust ourselves out of our purpose. That's how I see yeah. it. Right. So working with coaches to me is that, um, the buoy it's the balloon that kind of says, whoop, what if we lifted you up and tried life without that foot in that box for just a moment, mm-hmm. just pretend and flush through the fear and then build in hope coupled with, you know, behaviors and mindsets. And, and I think it's a great point to say, 
you know, people have said to me, you know, Michaela, you interview coaches on your podcast. Aren't you a coach? Aren't you here to promote yourself? And I said, well, no, I mean, yes, no, I don't know. But for me, the most important thing I can do with this podcast is to give away the magic, to give Mm -hmm. the insights and the inspiration to our listeners to say, hmm, well, that was interesting. I hadn't thought of that before. So the process that you just walked us through for those listening, rewind, go back, put yourself a challenge on the table, figure out something that you're holding yourself back from. And then listen again as Ryan asks you these questions. And it is a it is a step towards releasing that foot, right? Yeah. And then it's, oh wow, that felt kind of good. And it's reaching out and saying, I need help. And not because there's anything wrong, because there's anything um egregious with who you are. It's just we all can't see our noses. Yeah. Right. And it's it's having that person to help us reflect our inner selves. Um, so in that way, when I think about my role as a coach and how I got here and all the things I have yet to do, I always take my experiences there and tie them into my role as a parent, my role as a community member. Mm -hmm. Um, how do you, and I'm going to, I'm going to guess here, how do you help kids keep their imagination alive? Your children, your nieces and nephews, or your, your family, Um, How do you help keep that imagination alive? Because keeping that to me is what lets people walk down the hall and say, live in the dream and also be imagining what that dream will be next or could be next. Um, So share with us a little bit about your family and how you integrate imagination into that. Yeah. So uh, for those of you listening, uh, Michaela is aware that my uh, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law and their two nephews, so cool. my two nephews live right across the street from us. My wife's a twin and her her uh, her twin sister lives right across the street. So we've we've chosen that intentionally uh, to have our kids grow up together and be and be part of each other's lives. Um. So when when you say tribe, like there is a definite like <laughs> there's a there's a definite image that comes to mind uh, of us having two street corners of a, of a uh, of a, a tribe okay. here. But um, you know, I think imagination is so powerful. Um, there's so much about dreaming that is important and being able to dream uh, and not let the limitations that you see in the world get you. Now, at the same time, we're going to run into limitations. Like we're human beings. uh, We're in a physical world at this point in time, and we're going to run into challenges. Mm -hmm. And I think it's about uh, keeping the imagination alive, keeping kids purposeful, keeping them moving forward. Is There's a few things. Number one is not looking for the mountaintop experience to step in and put your arm around them and go, see, you made it but looking for the valley experience and asking what they can do to step out of it. That's, that's super important. I love that. I love that. I love that so very much because if we're only seeking the high, high highs, we Mm -hmm. miss the whole journey, the whole, the next right thing, the next small thing, the next exciting thing. I love that. Yeah. And and then there's this, this piece about, you know, and I tell, not just don't, I don't just tell my kids this, but I tell um, uh, my clients this, my friends, this, um, if God put it in your head and in your heart, the world needs that. It is up to you to bring that to the world. And that 
don't be encumbered by what somebody else's restrictions are, by what the normal way to do something is. Um, if it's in your head and your heart, there is a way. And the old saying, you know, there's a, if there's a will, there's a way. And for the longest time, I was like, I never really understood what that meant until it's kind of a sidebar, but it, like, uh, when someone at uh church told me, said, just replace the word will with choice. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Hmm, mm-hmm. where there's a choice, there's a way. And they even said, you know, hey, when there's a last will and testament, there's a last choice. This is how I choose for my things to be mm. distributed, right? So, mm. and when I think about I like that, that, when there's a when there's a will, there's a way. When there's a choice, there's a way. And if your choice is to move forward and accomplish something that you want in life, it doesn't have to fit the norm on how you get there. That can be the unique story that you bring to the world. That could be the inspiration that the world needs. That could be why God put it in your head and in your heart. You just get the reward of doing it and enjoying it along the way. So if something's in your head and in your heart uh, and God put it there, the world needs that, go do it. And I, I, I try to keep my kids in, in mind on that all the time. So That was great. I kind of just want to pause on all of that and let that settle. Um, I, because I, I look at it and I see so, so deeply in people opportunity and potential. And, and then I also see us, you know, through our schooling and through all phases of life, you know, take the standardized test. Are you standard? Do you meet standardizations? Are you the standard this? And and there is nothing about us that's meant to be standard period, end of story. Right. So maybe our blood pressure or something really important like that. But as far as who we are and how we bring ourselves to the world, our calling is to serve. Our calling is to show that thing. Um, and so we've we've kind of touched on it a little bit and you've referenced it, but spirituality and faith play a big role in your life. Yeah. Um, has that always been that way? And do you feel it aligned with the work you're doing today? Um, I don't know. I don't know a time that I can remember of not having God in my life. But I remember times when I had seemingly walked away from like when I look back at it now, it's like I recognize that I had walked away. But during that time, I kind of felt, you know, uh, aimless, early 20s, that kind of thing, college kid, um, uh, party life, all the good things, all the fun things. Um, uh, The the older you get, they're not so good anymore. They kind of come back and haunt you. But um, the aches and pains. (laughs) But uh, but yeah, you know, it. There's a point in my life, um, actually about 12 years ago, I went to John Eldridge does a boot camp for men, 550 guys go out to Colorado and we went to Crooked Creek Ranch and it's like a four day men's retreat kind of thing. It was awesome. And, uh, from that moment on, I, I was a very, very much of a spirit led follower of Christ. And that's my faith background. I'm not here to poop on anybody else's or anything like that. That's, that's where my heart is. And that's where, that's what I follow. Um, so just to give you the context and the background of that. So as I, as I look through the decisions in my life that I make, I am a very spiritual person in that. And I look for guidance from God on the things that I do in my life. And when I look back and say, yep, I followed his guidance. I can see clear evidence of that, right? Success Mm -hmm. leaves clues. Um, 
And when I look back and say, no, I did that on my own accord, I can see just how much of that uh, water treading I was doing. Um, It's interesting. But when it was time for me to leave corporate with, you know, head and hands and trying to figure out what the right thing to do was, that's what I did. I prayed about it. And when I got my answer, you know, you know, God essentially told me, he goes, Hey, you're gonna have ups and downs both ways. You need to do what you think uh, makes you live out your purpose. And that's how I know I'm doing what I'm meant to do. And I do it every day. And um, some days it's hard. And sometimes I question like, what am I doing? What am I crazy? And uh, some days I'm like, nope, this is why this is exactly why. So I know in my heart, I'm, I'm doing what I'm meant to do. And, and that gives me all the purpose in the world. I uh, just same, I, I feel the same way, you know, I, I've had my own journey with faith, and, and I still have a lot of questions about religion and, and different aspects of it. But what I know for certain is that I was divinely created. And the divine gift and the divine voice that's within me is also within you and everyone else. Mm-hmm. And we are here to bring them to their fullness in our own unique way. Mm-hmm. And my, my intention with this podcast is to help people see those gifts so that they might see some of it in themselves. Um, and the way that you choose the vision for yourself and for, for your tribe and the way that you choose to give and serve, um, through working with our first responders and touching on hard subjects like suicide and stress and how we can care for one another. I really believe that you have found your gift and you are continue. You will continue to use it. I don't think you have any choice at this point. (laughs) So what is next for you? What are, what are you working on and how can people get involved with Ryan McKinney and all the things? Yeah. So, um, I am doing a lot of one-on-one coaching at this point in time. I have a a group, uh, that I'm working with right now, um, that is winding down. And then I will be kicking off another group, uh, track that's going to kick off somewhere around the end of July. Um, so I'm not sure when this one will air, uh, but, um, the kickoff around the end middle to the end of July, but it is for those people that want to take things to the next level. They they're looking for that, but um, they maybe want to do that in a group, or maybe they're not ready to go all in with one-on-one coaching at this point in time. Um, but that that's something that's going to be an amazing, fun thing to do. It will mix the personal growth and the professional growth together over the course of uh, six months. And um, the, the concept here is that there are a lot of people that would love to take on personal and professional growth, but uh, sometimes look at it and go, the, the expense is too big. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, with group coaching, a lot of times that becomes a lot more affordable. And that was part of the the impetus here too, was to make things, bring this to the masses, get get folks that want to grow. Uh, don't let that be an obstacle for you and, and do that. So um, yeah, that's the next big thing on the list. That's great. And um, I'm excited about that. It's gonna be a lot of fun. That's awesome. I love that. And um, what do you what do you have planned for the summer for you and your tribe? Anything super exciting? You don't have to give details about times and dates and such, but do sure. you have any goals that you're accomplishing this summer or will it just be indulgences? Um, there for are definitely... posterity, we're recording in June. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so goal for us is we... I won't give you the long story, but my daughter did not go to spring to the beach with us for spring break this year. She went with friends to Colorado for she's a junior in high school and um, went with some friends out there to go skiing. Oh. And she's like, dad, I'm going to miss the beach this year. And I was like, no, sweetheart, you are not going to miss the beach. So we're going to go to the beach at some point uh, during the summer here. 
uh, maybe for like a really long weekend, like a Wednesday through Sunday kind of deal. We've got to figure when, figure that out. Um, but as far as goals go, I, um, uh, I am running a race at the end of September. So I've got milestones and goals to, uh, to achieve with my, my running over the course of the summer. Um, one what of kind the of first, a race? Straight it run? Is, it, it's a 50 K run for hanging rock. So, um, that's cool. It's um, I've done one of these before and the motivation for doing it before, uh, put it this way. I had a lot of, I was a little disgruntled uh, in the training part of it and wasn't able to enjoy a lot of the runs and the things that I was doing. And I decided I want to do this again and accomplish it, but I want to feel really good about it. So um, that's, that's part of it. So st- step number one is don't die. Like that's number, that's goal number one. Safety first, right? Yeah, we safety we first. both share a manufacturing background and ev- everything in manufacturing is safety first. Number one. That's right. so safety, quality, cost, delivery and people. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so, uh, so that's on the, that's on the goal list for this summer is to, to be in shape and, and, and not just accomplish or survive it, but to really enjoy it. So. And I think that's so important because as we talk about honoring rest and and how do we, you know, make that a priority, one of the things that I've had to think about in my life as I've moved on and become a very professional, serious person, um, I forgot how to play. I forgot how to play. I mean, I'm very playful. I have a lot of fun. But when given the choice of how do you honor play in your life and in your family, which was asked to me in a podcast last summer, and now I can't stop thinking about it. Um. But it's I want to I want to make a focus on both, right? So I think even as you and I talk about these really important, you know, digging in, digging deep things, it's still important to have fun things to look forward yeah. to and to build an intentional life where you get to say, yes, you missed this, but we're going to make up the beach because I understand that that's a value for you, and we can manage it. And so it's nice to kind of show, yes, I think you and I both work really hard and are really devoted to bringing forth these gifts, but we also need to play. Yeah. We also need to have some fun. And that's a great way to manage stress. Um, so my last question before I let you go today is if you could, and this is my you know little homage to Tim Ferriss, I love this question. Um, if you could have a billboard right? It's the billboard question. If you could have a billboard for all the world to see, now we've imagined that we've marketed your program. You are heavily advertised. Mm-hmm. If you could say one thing on this billboard that would really impact the masses, what would you choose to say? Mm-hmm. And it could change tomorrow, but we're not going to hold it in stone, but in this day, on this moment. In this imperfect attempt and imperfect moment, let's see it doesn't have to be hard. I think that's what I'd put on there. There you go. It doesn't have to be hard. hard. Maybe I need to add that to my choose your hard, right? Because when you do, it doesn't have to be hard. It might challenge you, but when with the right attitude and perspective, okay, I like that. I'm going to have to filter that into my little standing statement. Um, Ryan, I really appreciate you. I thank you so much for taking the time to have this conversation because the way you choose to spend your time and every other aspect of your life is important and it's inspiring and it really is truly changing lives. Um, so hit us with your, your website, hit us with any socials you want to want us to follow because we need more of this conversation. We need more people like you and like me 
actively moving forward the scale on finding more joy. Um, so how do we find you? Yeah. So you can find me at my website. It is ryandmckinney.com. The D is for Daniel. I have to say that or people will go, did he say E or what? <laughs> ryandmckinney.com. Um, and uh, all of my socials are listed there. You can find all the different ways to connect with me. Um, uh, and if you're, if you're interested and would like a conversation, there's a way to do that there too. Mm -hmm. And this is simply a conversation. Uh, I reserve some time on there for when I'm a guest on a podcast or things like that. And you can see that there's some connection calls. If somebody says, Hey, I'm not really sure if this fits, does it fit? That's what those calls are for. Um, so if you're interested in that, that's great, but I'd love for you to come follow me and whether it's your Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn or whatever the social is that you like, so we've got something on there for it. Yeah. I love it. And, and we probably have to circle back and touch on a couple other conversations. Cause I really, you know, there's so much more to say, but thank you. And I will look forward to staying in touch with you and for everyone else, make it a great day. And thanks for joining us. <laughs> thanks, Michaela. Bye everybody. And that's a wrap on another episode of And All The Things. If you enjoyed today's show, please like and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. If you really liked it, please go ahead and rate it. Then think about who in your life might also need to hear it and any of the other episodes we have shared. Then share it with them. When you find something meaningful, something valuable, you've got to share it and pay it forward to those you care for. Thanks for joining us and follow along on Instagram at MyJoyCoach to see more of me, your host, Michaela Bernishaw. And as always, make it a great day.